In this episode, I sit down with Kristen Miller, owner of All Good Things. For good reason, All Good Things is the first shop you see when you drive into the Bishop Arts District, everyone's favorite storefront and online place to find a modern gift. This was really fun to record in the Arts District and to hear about the origins of All Good Things. Kristen's experience growing the business storefront while also expanding her brand into an Instagram powerhouse. Connect with her on Instagram at allgoodthings.shop. And we talk about this during the episode, but seriously, send her a message and she will curate a beautiful, thoughtful gift for anybody that you're thinking about. Enjoy this episode of Let's Hear It. I am back for podcast number five. I am here with Kristen Miller. We are sitting in her shop, All Good Things, um, in the beautiful neighborhood of Bishop Arts. Here we are. Kristen, Happy thank to you be so here. much for being on. Thank you for having me. You know, before we before we are on air here, we were talking about how fun the, the Bishop Arts area is. Um, it is very early in the morning here, so you did me a solid and you opened up the shop a little bit early, but this place is still... I mean, we got cars driving by. There's people. There's a guy cutting wood. <laughs> like, yeah, for, I'm not surprised. Yeah, there's something always going for on. For something, here. we don't know what, but for something, yeah, it's it's. I'm a, a little biased, obviously, but he was outside of a restaurant, so I don't know why he was cutting wood. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, but what? there's always something going on here, especially now and lately. There's so much movement happening and new businesses coming in and old ones going out and people like me who are about to move into just new spaces within the area. And yeah, it's just, you spoiled it. You're moving. I'm moving. We are moving. So let's, let's talk about, spoiler alert. yeah, let's talk about (laughs) the, the business that you own and and where, where we're sitting at, which is a beautiful place, but can you you. uh, describe your shop? Of course I own all good things. It is a stationery and gift shop here in the Bishop Arts District in Dallas. I opened it in 2017, so it's been almost four years now, which is pretty crazy. But we just, I, I laugh because my friend who is in PR always jokes that I need to up my elevator pitch game. <laughs> but I'm like, you just got to come in and see it. Well, you know, that's why we're doing long form narrative. You know, right. this is not a... Yeah, ha- it's not t- you have longer than two minutes. Yes, <laughs> I don't have an elevator. I have a podcast episode to explain what I do for a living. But we have everything from baby gifts to home accessories to jewelry to custom cups and napkins for weddings. And I do invitations and a whole row of greeting cards. And so whenever people ask what I do, I the simplest answer I say is I... I own like your go-to gift shop, whether that's a gift for yourself because you had a bad day or a gift for your mother-in-law or your neighbor or whoever. Or so, your wife. Or your We're wife. We're going to talk about that. Yes. I have, you, do, you have an amazing way of helping people give gifts. Thank you. You know, which is probably the undertone of the shop, right? Is it a gift, a way to give a gift? Right. It's a way to give love, you know, so. Um, and, and, you know, I had... This is two episodes ago when I talked to Alfonso, who mm-hmm. runs the hospice business. He was describing his office is uh, tall white walls, 
uh, very chic. This is where, that's where we're sitting in. Right. It's a very clean shop. It's wonderful. Very yes. bright. Easy to report. <laughs> easy to record a podcast. <laughs> it is. I. It makes me so happy in here, and that's something that you know. With the move, I'm kind of creating a, a whole new store. Um, we've been in this space, like I said, for the last four years. But with the new design, I I really wanted to keep how it feels in here, which it just feels really happy in here, in my opinion. And I, I get told that a lot by customers when I love when they walk in and they just say, it just feels so good in here. My biggest compliment I ever got was, I think I had been open for about two months and someone walked in and said, this store makes me feel the way I feel when I walk into Target. <laughs> and I was like, Yes, I did it. I I I loved that compliment. So. so I don't get that feeling when I walk into Target, but I know my wife does. Yes. And I there's a lot of money that we spend at Target. Yep. So it's a good thing. It is a good thing, yeah. And I don't I thought you had a sign, good vibes. I was used that? to. That was okay. yeah, behind my cash wrap, but I Oh you you replaced it recently. I replaced it. That. Yeah, I replaced it last year. It was one of those days where I walked in and I just Wanted something new. New vibes. So new vibes only. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. Well, neat. So 2017, you opened up the shop. Um, do you want to, can we talk about what it was like? Can you also maybe explain what you're doing before you opened up the shop? Yes. So I'm going to go way back. Take us way to, back. Because I, I, I think a lot of people have this conception about me that one day I just decided to open a store. And while that is somewhat true, there's a lot that went on beforehand. And so I always like to warn people, like when they're like, I want to do this one day, I, I want them to know that there was a lot leading up to it that got me here. Um, starting with when I was around eight years old, in Tulsa, where I'm from, I remember going to a shop similar to this one with my mom and looking up at the card wall and just being kind of mesmerized. And I went home, I had this stack of construction paper and I had my mom go and we went to Hobby Lobby or whatever and we bought blank cards just white folded note cards. And I went home and I I could make these cards to this day. I I see them so clearly. I would shred up different colors of construction paper, teeny, teeny, tiny pieces. And then on the card itself, the white blank card, I would put glue and then I would make little shapes. So it might be a candle or a hat or a birthday present. And I was so excited and I was like, mom, do you think they would sell these at that store? And, you know, she's probably looking at me like, oh, honey, sure, sure. I'll ask. Um, but you know, I just. Now you could you could just be like, I'm going to put this on Amazon and see if someone's going to buy this. Yeah. Yeah. Or put it up on my card wall. Well, yeah. Now yeah. You, I, before you on the show. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I just love to tell that story because it you know, there was something inside me that just has always loved this. And um, so forward to high school, 
I was a nanny for a family and the the mother owned her own shop called The Inviting Place in Tulsa. It's a great shop. If you're ever in Tulsa, go see it. So I was her nanny and I would pick the kids up from school. I would drop them off either at home or sometimes at her shop. And so I kind of got to see firsthand this strong, amazing woman who is also a mother to two kiddos running a beautiful, fun business. And actually, funny enough, I helped her when she moved the shop um, a long time ago, which is what I'm doing right now. So it's kind of just flashback. But all good things, though, right? All good things. Yes. Good memories. Exactly. Dad joke. Um, So occasionally I would work for her in the shop on a Saturday or in the summers or whatever. And just loved it. Well, then I go to college. I went to the University of Oklahoma in Norman, and I wanted to get a little part-time job. And I was thinking about all the jobs that I've had. You know, I've been a babysitter. I've been a nanny. I worked at an after-school care. And I didn't want to do any of those things. And I thought, what, you know, what job did I like? And I remembered working in the store. And so I thought, you know, surely there's got to be a store kind of like that in Norman. And there was, and it was called a or it is called Occasions. It's still there, different owners now. But um, I worked at Occasions for three out of my four years in college, and I learned so much there. It was the most invaluable time, really, of my life. And while I I loved school, I really loved working and. Susan, who was the owner at the time, just really taught me so much that I I think about every single day here when I'm at work. And it was just such a great time in my life. And actually, when I was graduating, she offered me more of like not being the owner, but being the like full-time manager. And I was so flattered, but I was like, you know, this is my college town. This is my college job. I got to go to Dallas and (laughs) I got to get my big girl (laughs) panties on. Yeah. So I came to Dallas. I got a job as a personal assistant to a family in Highland Park, which was a great, great first job out of school. It was, it, it also taught me so many things and kind of like Alfonso was saying, you know, looking back every job and everywhere I've been has taught me something that, has brought me here and it really taught me how to problem solve and source and just so many things so well you're you're doing you have your Mm in-store which takes more than a wink and a smile I would assume to just keep it you've got to keep buying stuff you got to keep selling stuff you've got to keep servicing it keeping it open Um, and then you've got your online piece which is what I talked to uh Forrest Weber about he does a lot of the online more of blogging websites but he was saying it's just crazy to kind of think about the amount of work it takes to continue to service that he just does online and it's a lot of work right so you're doing both yes 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 and no what he's doing online is not what I'm doing online I luckily have a point of sale system that makes it pretty turnkey for my website to be running 
yes, when orders come through, I have to fulfill them and pack them and ship them and all of that. But it's not as cumbersome as someone who is only running an online business. Okay. So that's kind of the difference. Um, way harder in person. <laughs> Unless you're only online, which I did in 2020. And yeah, I was like, this is not what I signed up for. <laughs> before I ask you, before we talk about 2020, um, in 2017, you opened up. How difficult was it? Like you had the you had the experience of running the shop. I guess owning a shop, I think of as a little bit different because you're handling like the lease and you're handling right. the negotiations and you're probably doing a lot more things than maybe what you were doing before. Absolutely. Maybe I'm wrong. So going back to my time in Dallas, worked as a personal assistant, worked at Sewell Automotive Companies as their events and charitable contributions coordinator then worked at a small branding company here in Dallas. And it was there that I just kind of wanted to do my own thing, but I wasn't sure. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I just didn't know if I should do it or not. And that whole year where I was kind of thinking about it, my best friend from high school, college, she lived in Oklahoma City, she opened her own store. It's a clothing store in Oklahoma City called Mode. It's great. Again, if you're in Oklahoma City, check it out. But we were talking every single day while she was doing that. And it, I, I was just constantly envious of her because we would always joke when we were having tough days at our jobs, you know, one day we're just going to quit our jobs and open a store together. And then here she was doing it. And I was just like, man, it's hard, but it's a lot easier than you would think it would be. Like anyone can do it, really, if you take the time to do it. It might not be successful, but you can do it. You've just got to figure it out. And so I had her as really my biggest asset whenever I decided to open because she was like, listen, I just did this. Let me help you. Let me help you get your LLC. Let me help you look at your lease and think things like that, that I, I hadn't learned at occasions in Norman. I hadn't learned at the inviting place. So she was a huge asset. And I always say I couldn't have done it without her. And she rolls her eyes and tells me I can, but I, she made it a lot, a lot easier than it would have been. Um, but you know, initially taking that leap, I kind of asked around because I, I, living in Dallas, it's a huge shopping city. It's a huge, you know, we have North Park. We, there is not a lack of shopping. I but say, especially if you were in Highland Park. Yes, <laughs> Highland Park Village, exactly. But I kept finding that anytime I needed a gift for one of my friends or my mom, I never knew where to go. And I, so I asked my friends and I say that because the initial thought would be, well, I'm in Dallas. There's already so many stores here, but really there weren't and not like mine. And so I would ask my best friends, you know, when you need a gift, like, where do you go? And all of them were just kind of like me, like, 
I don't know. I usually end up, you know, going to Sephora or whatever because there's just no gift shops. And so I thought if enough people have this need like I do, it could work because that's what I want to do. And I, when I quit my job at the branding firm, I sat down with him and I said, you know, I'm giving you my two weeks. I'm opening a store. (laughs) And he was like, what? Because I hadn't really told that many people that this is what I've been wanting to do for years. My mom knew, my best friends knew, but it's not like I would tell everyone, you know, I wouldn't tell my boss, you know, one day I want to open a store because it just never seemed real to me until I had a best friend do it too. So yeah, typically you're not like, Hey, boss manager someday i'm gonna leave here right uh, to, someday to do this. i'm gonna maybe leave and do my own thing but i'm gonna learn from you while yeah. i do it but yeah how did you land on bishop arts so kind of going back to dallas retail it's really an interesting city in terms of retail and so whenever i decided to open i quit my job in march i was working remotely for a friend, which is kind of the only way I could have quit my job. Um, He offered me, you know, you can work for me from home while you get this all sorted out. So I was doing that while getting my LLC and getting kind of those admin things done. But Dallas is funny in retail because we have these little pockets everywhere. You know, there's Deep Ellum, there's Bishop Arts, there's Knox Henderson, there's Snyder Plaza, there's Highland Park Village, there's Park where North Park is and things like that. And so I wanted to be, I knew I wanted to be in an area that was already established. I didn't want to be a destination by myself. Bishop Arts is a destination, so people are already coming here. Deep Ellum's already a destination. People are coming there. But if I'm on some random street, I'm the destination, which is so much harder to do. So kudos to people who do that. But I wanted to be in an area that already had things like wine walks and, you know, a, a community of customers kind of already built in. And But spaces aren't open very often. And so I was kind of struggling, (laughs) I say struggling, quote, for a couple of weeks, looking on my computer and trying to find a space, working with a realtor. And she's sending me spaces that are $10,000 a month for rent. And I'm like, I don't know who you think I am, but I'm not that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not that person. And one day it was pouring down rain and I just closed my laptop and I was like, you know what? I just got to drive around and see what's out there. And I will never forget. I was driving down Bishop and the store where we're sitting right now, it was a different store at the time and it was open and there was a for lease sign in the corner and I was sitting at the red light right across from it. And I was like, "Is does that say for lease? And so I walked in and I said, is this space for lease? And they're like, yeah, we're, we have four stores. We're trying to go down to two. Why do you know someone who would be interested? And I'm a mess. 
<laughs> I do not look professional. My, you know, I have my raincoat on, my tennis shoes. And I'm like, well, <laughs> I, I'm interested. And, you know, they were sweet enough to give me the information, which I've kind of dealt with that now. And I've seen a lot of people doing the exact same thing that I did. And well, you have yeah. people, you'll have people walk in here and just kind of ask. Oh, yeah. And I don't even have, I think they just have heard that I'm moving. And so they come in and ask if it's been leased already, which it has. But yeah, so it just kind of worked out. So that was end of March. I quit my job beginning of March. End of March, I found the space and my lease started June 1st. So I really had, at that point, I thought I had a name. I had an LLC with a different name actually and was working on um branding and things with that name and then things changed and i i picked a different name but yeah so it was it was a quick turnaround i mean that feels fast like that feels really fast like you quit at the beginning of march it was very fast end of march you've got april may june you've got two months or three months yep and to get all the inventory to get, I mean, you've got custom stuff in here, to, shelves and painting and all that. Yeah, to start a business, really. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so that's probably the right way to put it. Um, which I think, looking back, was so much better than the alternative because I didn't really have time to think about it too much, which I think was a big blessing. Um, but I had enough time, you know. They. They didn't say the lease starts April 15th. They said June 1st. So I really had April, May, April and May to get it all figured out, which was enough time, Yeah. Um, obviously. And it, if you would have walked into the store, what it looked like on day one, on July 10th, 2017, when I opened, you would probably just start like, just walk patting out. me on the back and giggling because that's what I do when I look at pictures. I'm like, oh my gosh, I had like two notepads in here and I thought I had so much inventory. And so it just, we got open and that's all that mattered. And, and here we are. Yeah. And here we are. And here we are. Talking about the two notebooks. How do you <laughs> decide? And, and I talked about this. I think all good things is really unique because it's, it's you. I mean, you're, you're making all the decisions. Right. How do you decide what to sell in here? Yeah, so I get asked that a lot. And I I never knew how to answer. And because I think I was waiting for this answer to sound super eloquent and smart. And then I just really thought about it. And I I buy the things that I would buy in a store, which is simple, right? What what do I look for when I'm on vacation and I go into a gift shop? And I do have some guidelines with that. Is it practical? I'm when people say, "Oh, it's like a bunch of tchotchkes," I a part of me dies because I do not sell tchotchkes. I don't know Every, what a tchotchke is. Can you a, tell me what a tchotchke is? is like junk, kind of, just like a little thing that sits there in my no, opinion. I, I'm looking around thinking like, yeah, this is all stuff that either I would like to have in my house or I know my wife would like to have in the house. Exactly. It's not junk. And I don't have every single thing that's here in my house. But I know someone who would like it or, you know, half of it I do 
half of it I use and half I have a let me backtrack so whenever I say what do I how do I decide what to carry in here it has to be practical the price also has to be practical because I think there's this we're in kind of this age of gift shops that are everything is so beautiful but there is kind of a price limitation that at least my customers have other people their customers might not be that way but my customers are they're price conscious enough for it to be something that I think about and I have a few customers that I'll reach out to and say how much would you pay for this and they'll be honest and tell me and they're kind of my gauge like okay yeah it's too expensive or perfect I'm carrying it and so it's it's things that I like and I would buy but it's also I I have a few customers in mind when I'm buying would she buy this would he buy this would she buy this and so if none of them would then I'm not going to carry it but if all of them would great if one of them would I know their friends would and so there is a, a mental process for me for sure but really it just boils down to things that I love and I would buy myself that look good in here that are pretty <laughs> and it helps when they're pretty too um <clears throat> well I know so I don't want to backtrack too much but it, how have you liked being here so you're okay the you obviously said this before but you're moving uh, but you're moving within Bishop Arts, so you're going actually just down the street. Um, there's a big, it's like a big community in Bishop Arts. Like, I mean, a little plug here. You are the the number one vendor on their site. <laughs> when you go to Bishop Arts and you go to uh, stores, you're the number one. Thank you. <laughs> it's a big compliment. Um, so you, you've made the decision to stay here. Yes, um, of course. I live in this neighborhood too. And so when I, my lease was going to be up this spring and there really just was never an option of me moving anywhere else. I love this neighborhood. I love where it's going. I, people are investing a lot of money into this neighborhood, whether it's homeowners or huge property investors apartments are going up every single day it's wild and there are so many areas of dallas but this part of dallas just feels like a small town it's so fun it's actually where my boyfriend grew up too his dad lives around the corner my brother and sister-in-law and nephews live down here and so andrew and i can't even go to breakfast without running into at least two people that we know because it's just a small little community down here, but it's, it's the best. I love it. So you're in um, the beautiful Bishop arts area, which I, I do love. There's a ton of great places around here. Mm -hmm. And then 2020 hits pandemic shuts everything down. What was that like for the store? Um, it sounded like you need to, you had to make some adjustments. Do you, can you talk to us about that? Yeah. Um, just like any other business, really, we had to shift and, you know, looking back now, we know 
everything that happened, obviously. But at, at the time, day to day, we didn't. I, I remember closing the store and the weekend before I, cl- I closed on a Monday, the weekend before I felt really weird about being open. And I was just like, man, I think it's time to close. I think we need to close, but everyone else was staying open. And so I didn't want to look like I was being, you know, in, what's your, the, in your face. Yeah. Like of, a doomsday prepper. But we closed on on a Monday, and I didn't know what was going to happen, truly. I was pretty terrified because this is what I do. This is how I make money for myself. This is how I pay my employee. This is how I pay my rent. Um, And all of a sudden, I didn't know if that was going to be possible. But it proved exactly what I have thought the whole time that this community, going back to Bishop Arts, Can't get Oak away Cliff, from whatever we want to call it, it's just the best people. And there kind of was a... How do I describe this? There was, so we shut down. Everyone starts ordering online on our, off our website because they're scared for us, right? So they're just trying to support us, which we saw with so many people, with so many small businesses, that people wanted their money and their hard-earned dollars to go towards these places that they love to go to. They love to walk around Bishop Arts with their family. That's where they bring their father and mother-in-law when they come into town. And if those places don't exist, what do we have here in Dallas? And, you know, Amazon is great, but you don't want to take your mom there. You can't take your mom there. You know, right, exactly. (laughs) So all of these people started ordering and they would include in the notes, you know, like thinking about you, wanting to support you and things like that, which was amazing. So I was so busy. I was up here every single day. We weren't open, obviously, but shipping out orders, 30 orders a day, 40 orders a day, 50 orders a day. And I could barely even keep up with it, honestly. And then it went from... I want to support you and your business to I want to support my friend who is a nurse who hasn't had a day off in a month. And I want to support my friend who is a teacher who's trying to figure it out. Or, you know, I want to support my grandma who is now at home alone. And I was sending all these care packages and it was the most, I have chills right now talking about it. It was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. And the notes that I would write, you know, for other people, from other people. The one that really sticks with me is thinking about you while you're busy thinking about everyone else. And it was just 
so much of that. And I felt so honored to be able to do that for people. And I, I think, so there, there's the fluff and that's the fluff and it makes me feel so good. And it, you know, I know the person getting the package felt so good and that's great, but the stuff, the business side of it, it was paying our bills when I didn't know how we were going to do that. All of a sudden I'm having to order more inventory, which I didn't even think I was going to have to do. And I was showing on Instagram, which I'm very active on Instagram. And that's just kind of how people connect with the store in a way, which I love. But I, I was showing that I was shipping every single day and I was showing the process. And there were so many businesses that were saying, you know, it's going to be about two to three weeks before you'll get your order. There's USPS delays, things like that. And I just kind of put my blinders on and was like, well, my packages are going out. Once they get to USPS, I don't know what happens, but from what I've seen, they're being delivered in two to three days. So I'm just going to keep going. And so people saw that and they were like, well, I'm going to order from her because she's shipping and my person's going to get their gift in a few days instead of a few weeks. So it, it really paid off. Um, it was a lot of work and my 2020 <laughs> was very different than most people's. I was in group texts where people were saying, I need a show. I need a new TV show. I'm, I'm out of things to watch. And I'm like working, you know, 12 hours every single day, hard labor, like <laughs> packaging stuff up and making multiple trips to the post office. And I'm like, man, I want the 2020 they're having. That sounds really nice. But looking back, I'm so grateful for all of those long, long days because we wouldn't have been able to move had it not happened like that. So, you know, 2020, it's such a, there have been so many horrible things that have happened last year and so many tragedies if you try to find the beautiful things that have happened, there are some, and I think our story is kind of one of those, um, which I feel really lucky to say. You were, air quotes, closed, but orders were still flowing out. Exactly. We we turned into our version of Amazon, if you will. And that's where I was like, I did not sign up for this. You know, my whole goal with opening the store was to be this space in the community for people to come and just feel a little better. And I never, I never wanted to be an online shop. That's not what I wanted to do. They're great, but I, I love meeting my customers. I love seeing them get pregnant and then bringing their babies in. And that's why I love having the shop. And all of a sudden that was just pulled out from under my feet. And so it was really hard, but to have their support in that way was just incredible. And I'm just so thankful for everyone. So you, you were doing this before the pandemic, but something that we haven't talked about that you do do, uh, and I am a user of, <laughs> is number one, it's very personalized, your handwritten notes, your gifts, but you can pretty much just call you and say, I need a gift package. 
you will put something together. You also sell kind of predefined gift packages. You did an amazing um, Mother's Day one. Yes. That was um, awesome. So I think that's something that I would like to hear from you on is, is that a big piece of it? Do you get a good response from that? Yeah. Because as a, like, if I want a great gift for my wife, I can just say, hey, Kristen, I need this, that, and the other, or I don't know what I want. Can you pull something together? You do all the work, you ship it out, it arrives, I'm the hero. Exactly. And I had nothing to do with it. And I'm happy for you to take all the credit. But (laughs) Yes, yeah, so that kind of started, I, I would do it here and there before 2020, but really it was people, like I mentioned before, saying, you know, my best friend is a nurse. Can you kind of put something together? I want to send her a care package. And so I got kind of good at asking, you know, I, I do need some information about the person and a budget. But once I have that, I can send you, you know, just pull some things together and make a package that they'll use and they love and they feel like, oh, my gosh, this person really knows me. Like I I would have picked out all of this myself if I would have walked into the shop. Um, So, yeah, I love to do that. And I do that a lot via Instagram. But those are the things that it's hard to promote every single day that I do that but I have certain customers that I do it for a lot and I love it. So if you need something, DM me. And I usually what I do is just ask for, you know, some, some things that they like. Do they like coffee? Do they cook? Do they drink? Do they take baths? You know, random things like that. And just any, anything that you can think about, tell me that and give me a budget and I'll wrap it up, send it out. You can pick out a card. I can write in it and it's just so easy. And you can be DM'd at? At allgoodthings.shop. Dot shop. On Instagram. Yeah. All right. So Kristen, if there are folks out there, which there are, thinking about making the jump, you talked about how you were hesitating to make the jump. Um, you had a lot of conversations with your friend about opening up because she did it. What do you say to anybody who's thinking about doing it or is really close but hasn't made the jump into pursuing whatever their passion is, whether it's entrepreneurship, creating art? What do you, any thoughts on that? Yeah. And I think 2020 has had a lot to do with a lot of people wanting to head in that direction, at least from what I've seen and heard. And I feel like I get asked every single week at least, can I have some advice? I'm thinking about doing my own thing. And I I thank God for the people in my life who were very honest with me and while also really encouraging me. And I think that you need to keep those people around as much as you can And I think if you, whether it's a store, if you want to open a, a a gift shop, maybe go work in one and see if you like it. And, or if you want to open a bar, go work in a bar and see if you like it. And just to have some experience in that field, I think is really, really helpful. Kind of like I said, I think people have this misconception that I just opened a store one day and it worked. And 
while there's a line of that that is true, there was a lot of beforehand and work and you know and after the fact, a lot of hard work. And I was listening to a podcast that Justin McLeod was on. He's the founder of Hinge. And I heard him say this and I paused it and I wrote it down because I was like, yes, that is what I feel. He said, a big part of being a great entrepreneur is being hopelessly idealistic, but ruthlessly practical at the same time. And that is just so important that I think so many people have that hopeless idealism or enthusiasm or optimism without that practicality. And whenever I talk to people who, you know, ask me for advice and they want to do their own thing, I sometimes they leave and I'm like, man, I really hope that they, I didn't just like squish their, I didn't yuck their yum or, you know, burst their bubble. But I, I just never want anyone to think that it's super easy because it's not. And you got to be ready. Let's say you are wanting to open a store. You've got to be ready to work six days a week at least. Let's say you're closed a day. We're open seven days a week now. But there was a time when I was working six days a week for months at a time. And I didn't have an employee. I didn't, I didn't have enough money to pay myself. I didn't have enough money to pay someone else. And so while there are so many amazing things to being a business owner and I wouldn't trade it for the world and I I feel so lucky every single day when I open the door, there is the, the practical reality that you have to face. And once you, if, once you're comfortable with that, then do it. But if the thought of working and not having a weekend off for a few months, a year, whatever it may be. If that thought really scares you and makes you go, ooh, I don't want to do that, then it might not be the right time. Or if the thought of not being able to afford a vacation with your best friends and having to, you know, watch it through Instagram, if that makes you go, ooh, just wait and save as much money as you can, get experience in the field that you want to pursue ask advice. And then when you're really ready to sacrifice and commit, go for it. And it can turn into something so beautiful and yeah, something that you're just really proud of like I am. Well, we, um, you have an amazing store. Thank you. You have a beautiful Instagram. Thank I'm you. I'm a follower. Thank I wanted you. to get into the peanut incident, but you know, yes. maybe we can save that for I another, know. another you, time. You wanted me to talk about this. The I just silly thing <laughs> that happened. Long story short, packing peanuts everywhere. And I, I laughed. I was, well, I was so shocked that it was like a thing. Like you were like, this is, you shouldn't do this. And I was thinking, what's wrong with packing peanuts? Oh, they're the worst. If you are of any company out there, do not use packing peanuts. I will come for you. I've I've thought about just sending the box back full. I, I've asked them before. Can I just send this box back to you? They told me no. But yeah, you wanted me to talk about all these packing peanuts all over the floor. And I was like, oh, Jonathan, stuff like that happens every day to me. It's so yeah. cute that you think this silly moment is no, rare. No, I, I wish it was. I know you work hard. It was just that was what caught my eye um, when I saw it. No, so, it's just 
yeah, I could write a novel about everything that happens in here. It's pretty, it keeps me on my toes. Yeah. You know? You do a great job. It's a great place. I, you are about to open up. So I want to yes, again thank are. you for. There's a line out the door right now yeah, waiting we, for us people to are banging open. On the door. I need you to open up <laughs> so I can buy something. Um, Kristen, seriously, thank you so much for for opening it up early to do this and spending time with me. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. I feel honored to be on the same podcast as people like specifically Alfonso. I loved listening to that and um, just super inspirational people. So thank you yeah, for having me. I've had a couple people say that they're going to volunteer. You know, so if, yeah. if you can go volunteer at a hospice, I think you will say it was time well spent. I'm, I'm sure it will. I'm sure it will. Well, thank you again, Kristen. All right.